All right, ladies and gentlemen,、uh, welcome back. My name is Tom. This is Tennis of Melbourne Convo, City of Love.、Uh, today I have Josh or JT with me. Josh, you want to say hello to our 50 million friends?、Uh, hey, Tom. Hey, everyone.、Um, <laughs> hope you're all having a good day. Yeah. Well, actually, technically, we are first day of spring. So beautiful、oh, weather.、Yeah. Uh, pinch and punch the first day of the month for everyone who's listening today. <laughs>、um, Beautiful weather today.、Uh, today is Tuesday.、Uh, any plans for you, JT, with 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 tennis or just fitness in general?、Um, no, uh, <laughs> to be honest, not really.、Um, just soaking up lockdown, staying inside. I actually haven't looked outside today. So,、mm-hmm. okay. Well, if you're listening,、uh, go worth go. It's 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 worth going have a, have a bit of walk because I myself had a bit of run this morning. My legs a bit sore. I'm doing a bit of a stretching at the same time doing the convo.、Um, I'm actually watching a bit of US Open. What can you tell us so far, JT?、Um, probably not going to sound good, but I actually haven't watched any so far. Okay.、Um, I haven't really kept up to date with the US Open,、mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. So okay. Or the, or the return of tennis. <laughs> All right. Well,、yeah. I know you for for for, for a few years now, and、yeah. uh, I always wanted to thank you that you always. Have this、uh, game that I'm not going to say what game is, but you always give me some some game you want to play while you're playing. Says, "Hey Tom, make sure you don't、yep. lose all the credits." And then I always play a little bit, and sometimes I win a lot, and sometimes I lose lose a lot. But I want to thank you for keeping me company as a sports trainer at during tournaments. So I'll give you credits for that.、Um, are you still、um, okay? I'm going back to the last time I really wanted to know about you is that、uh, you had a hit with. Mr. Dominic Team. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.、Uh, last year, now, yeah, 2019. Okay. Now,、um, so last year, Dominic Team. How do you think he hit the ball last year, comparing to this year when he made the when he made the final? Do you can you can you tell the big difference, or can you see、uh, the pathway? <laughs> well. I wasn't. I, I was next to him this year. I was on court next to him this year. But、mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it always looks pretty good, pretty sweet.、Um, I don't know. Last year, like he wasn't feeling feeling great, and you could sort of tell in his matches and sort of the last couple hits I had with him. Like he just didn't seem right. He was still hitting the ball really well. Like I was, I was struggling、uh, staying、mm-hmm. on court with him. But I mean. It must. I reckon it was just all mental between last year and this year because、mm-hmm. he always strikes the ball pretty well.、Um, but massive difference in result this year compared to last year. So、mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, obviously I can't comment because I didn't hit with him this year, so I can't really comment personally. But、okay. I mean, he always hits the ball well, so I, <laughs> I don't、okay. really know. So if, as a player,、yeah. as a player, how important is body language? Um. Look, it's pretty pretty important. I reckon always, like starting as a junior, going on、um, into your later years,、uh, your opponent, I reckon, really feeds off sort of the energy you give them.、Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on、uh, a lot of people that sort of down in the dumps, like really just whinging about everything, <laughs> a lot of smart players like pick up on that and like they really take advantage. So,、um, uh, well, like whatever your tactic is there, I mean. Like Nick, obviously, Nick Kyrgios plays a lot of matches looking like he just doesn't care and、mm-hmm. sort of leads players into a false sense of all right, I got this match, and then、mm-hmm. he 
comes out bombs like 30 aces and <laughs> <laughs> right okay so um so you're saying if a say 16 year old top tennis player top junior tennis player in the country plays someone who's you know in the late 20s you know who's a, who's a vet who can who just uh, very crafty may or may not have the best uh, strength or power or uh, probably has really good technique so the vet let's say in this case, let's say JT, you could still beat a junior based on feeding off um, your opponent's uh, weakness. Uh, yeah, I'd hope so. <laughs> I'd like to think so. <laughs> okay. What are some of the body language cues or tells that you, you, you can, I mean, yes, frustration is one, but what are some of the things that you, you can pick up on and you go, all right, cool, I'm going to get you like this? Um, look, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of players are different, but I think with the sort of years I've had coaching experience, it's sort of pick up when, especially younger players, when they're trying to overplay a little bit, mm-hmm. um, whether or not they feel sort of poised or whether they feel a bit panicked and really kind of blast you off the court sort of thing. Um, it's something, well, especially with the coaching experience behind me now, sort of picking, on a, picking up on a little earlier and earlier. So when I sort of feel a sense of, my opponent's really looking to just sort of get me off court as quick as possible. Um, I usually pick up on that and think, all right, well, I just stay in this match and just try and annoy him a little bit, like play play a bit crafty, do a few typical me shots here and there. Um, just sort of, yeah, I can sort of see the frustration building a little bit more in them and, yeah, it's usually when I feel a bit more confident. How about patterns? Patterns, I mean, look. A lot of people have have them. A lot of people don't. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the main thing I picked up on. Just that willingness to either stay in the, stay in the match, feeling like you know I'm in this. As, as a young kid playing against an older kid, I can understand. Sometimes you feel like if you're like not on the offensive or not really taking the match to some older, more experienced opponents, that the match might run away from you. Um, but then there's there's some kids that just sort of in the moment and it's not what they need to do. So I don't, I don't really think it's I, about patterns or whatnot, um, hmm. especially for, for a young kid. It's just about just understanding the moment, I guess. Are, are you saying, like I'm taking a different approach here. Uh, are you saying junior players can play really, really well for a few games and then really, really bad for a few games so they don't really have the consistency of maintaining... You know, like I have seen, you know, junior players who you know, could hit the ball clean the first three games of the match, and the rest of it is just all frame. Um, is 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 that what you, is that what you're saying in terms of say consistency? It, it is very common. No, not not every junior is like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is pretty common in in younger players to have sort of big ups, big downs, um, not really just sort of a consistent base of how they're playing for like the length of a match. Mm-hmm. Mm. So a lot of things change. I reckon it's probably the most common thing in juniors. Mm-hmm. And is is that why a lot of times when junior players in general, um, if or just players in general, not junior players, but um, if you don't know how to close the match by <clears throat> whether it's serving or returning or even just um, it maintaining that pace or rhythm that you you build up the entire match, and you know you could serving for the match five two final set, and then uh, your opponent might pick up a few things and turn it around and opponent wins 7-5 or even 7-6. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of a few of those. Now, so I'm <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's it, okay, <clears throat> what's it like finishing off um, a match like that where you were literally serving for the match or even had few point, few match points under your, under your belt? All you had to do is put the ball back in and, you know, all of a sudden, the, you know, opponent played, you know, too good or you just not really closing the clutch? Uh, it's frustrating. Um, like, especially in tennis where, you know, there's no, there's no timer that goes off. It's like, you can stay in the lead and, and you're safe. You got to finish off the match. And it's frustrating when you're only a few points away or, or have match points and just can't get it done. But I don't know. A lot of it's nerves. Um, feeling like, oh, it's, this is potentially the last point of the match. How do I play it? Do I just, you know, tee off and get this point over and done with? Do mm. I just tap the ball in and try and make them miss? It's sort of those questions in your mind instead of just playing the point normally, I reckon. That's what I, happens with a lot of people. Okay. Are you saying, let's say, for example, uh, who's your favorite player? Just name a player, any player. Well, uh, Roger. Okay, let's say you, you play against Roger first set and yeah. he gives you, not not in, in the sense like he really gives you, but like let's say you won five love. The first set, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then you just don't know how to clutch. So you're saying yeah. there is a huge chance for Roger to come back and win that set? Uh, yeah, would be. Especially Roger. Against, not just me, against a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I kind of want to title... I kind of want to title this, this combo as Clutch. Mm-hmm. What else can you tell me about Clutch? Uh, Mamba mentality. Um, oh, Rest in peace, uh, Kobe. Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah, I, lo- I love this guy. All right. Yeah. Well, look, I love it. It's it, Mamba mentality. Why did you say it? And, wh- you know, you want to elaborate, please. Yeah. Um, well, when I think of any athlete, really, um, that sort of digs deep and gets the job done, I straight away think of Kobe. I uh, did it for years. Um, very few times he wasn't able to get it done, so that's why nobody really talks about it. Mm-hmm. But just sort of that... You know, like he says, it's about just a constant quest of bettering yourself. And in in tough moments, a lot of people get nervous and pull away from things that normally do or whatnot. And I don't know, I guess in just those moments, you need to push yourself, like get the job done, make sure you do it. Um, no regrets, no holding back sort of thing. Mm. Do you think that's the difference between top 30 players versus... Someone who's outside 300? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, there's a very big difference between just being able to get the job done, I reckon. I won't necessarily say it's all in clutch moments, but yeah. just being able to get the job done in general, mm-hmm. a top 30 player, top 300 player, there's a huge difference. Mm, okay. Um, if, if Kobe is 10, yeah. where do you think you sit? Me? <laughs> Um, about a thousand. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Much confidence. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. not usually one to, I mean, I, I, I like the mother mentality, but I'm not, uh, really a strong ambassador of it. <laughs> okay. So are you saying that, um, the whole big picture of going to a match, right? Whether it's body language, confidence, your mindset, your mental health, you know, preparation, your pattern, and you just literally play every shot that's ball coming your way, just fights every ball. Um, 
you can eventually just simply win, regardless how high the how high the ranking of your opponent is. Um, in a way, kind of. Um, I actually had a conversation sort of uh, similar to this with uh, with the guy I work for at Wellington, Jake Eames. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Um, had a conversation about being competitive and what being a good competitor is, and we sort of said, like, a lot of people who just try really hard, like, just fight for every point, just try real hard, they're not really good competitors, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of believe that there's times in matches where, like, I think the average human, I don't know the, the exact result, but can only really concentrate 100% for a limited amount of time. Mm. which is a lot shorter than an entire tennis, tennis match, probably shorter than an, an entire set. Mm. So just that general focus of, oh, I've got to fight for every single point, and like, I can't let a single point go by, just, yeah, we just don't really believe in that. Um, it's all about just sort of like tactics back and forth, a little bit of a chess game, knowing which points you can't let get away from, you knowing which points that will sort of be the dagger in, like in the match, you know, just oh. break in the last set or something like that. So looking how to identify those really important points, really important occasions in a match, I think those are probably more key things to, I guess, getting getting a few more matches under your belt than someone that would just compete, like, relentlessly for a whole match. Give me an example of dagger in the match. Um, might be, oh, I can't remember... I can't picture too many matches in my head, but it might be... Oh, actually, we'll talk about that uh, match with uh, probably Nick and Gasquet. Uh, Nick lost this match mm-hmm. uh, at Wimby that time, but um, like Gasquet was up two sets to love, like looking pretty comfortable. The uh, third set, it was just a holding fest till the breakup, but Nick really looked under the pump. Like mm-hmm. He wasn't really holding serve that convincingly. And then just a few points go by in the breaker. All of a sudden, he's got like four set points, and mm-hmm. uh, and gets it there. Mm-hmm. And like that could be just sort of that changing moment, you know. Um, say that was a deciding set for a normal match, and it's just a holding fest right up until they were like four all. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's that break. Um, your opponent knows, oh, I haven't broken this guy all match or all set. All of a sudden, there's that mental edge there because you finally got that first break. So that would probably be that little dagger there. Or Okay, like I get what you're saying because I kept thinking when you say dagger means means 3-all, 40-15 or 5-all, 30-all. Mm. So it doesn't have to be result-based. Yeah. It could be mental like edge-based. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it could be any sort of situation, but that was that was the one that I was thinking of. But yeah, it might be someone like you're playing someone who maybe is a breakdown and like is getting close to breaking, or like just really trying to capitalize on chances. But every time they get like a break point or a game point, you just like get rid of it, sort of thing. So you you get the point back, you get it back to equal ground, just sort of taking away their chances, like stealing candy from a baby, sort of things. Like, oh, yes, I finally got a chance. Then you just, like, ace them or get mm-hmm. a winner or something. They're like, oh, chance is gone. In those dagger points, um, it's really about, would you say it's more about the, the mental toughness and tactic? I mean, you wouldn't go back and go, you know, I kind of lost the touch on my forehand. I'm just going to sort of see how my forehand feels. 
So, yeah, you, so, no. so it's really much yeah. the, the game base rather than tech technical base. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, very. In those moments, yeah, very mental. Make sure you know exactly what you're doing, what you're working with. Um, yeah, I mean, if someone is feeling shaky on their forehand mm-hmm. in a time I mean, I'm not sure if it's smart to say, "Let's see how it goes," sort of thing. <laughs> um, do you think junior players kind of wing it during dagger points? Uh, look, I won't say all of them, mm-hmm. but just in general, junior tennis and like a few commentators and stuff have touched on it. There's, there's not really that much punishment for loose points or loose games mm-hmm. um, in junior tennis, especially when it comes to, to service games. Like the idea of playing an entire match unbroken in junior tennis isn't that common. Oh, um, but on the on the professional side, especially ATP. Playing an entire match unbroken, like that's sort of what everyone's aiming for. Whereas in junior tennis, like, oh, I got broken, I'll, just, I'll break it back, hopefully, sort of thing. <laughs> okay. So, in other words, uh, serving is generally inconsistent. Uh, just the focus of, on your service games as a junior, I reckon. It's sort of, it's not like they're not focusing on it, but I don't think they feel the the weight of, of dropping a service game. A lot of juniors don't feel the weight of dropping a service game. Um, which, uh, playing other juniors, obviously, they wouldn't. But then playing, I guess, older people, a bit more experienced people, like, it is, like, a setback. Mm. What's one tip for your junior tennis, if you look back? For my junior tennis? Yep. Um, hold serve more. And uh, hold try serve a bit more. harder. Hold serve more. So what, yeah. you got broken every second serve? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think, I didn't get broken that regularly, mm-hmm. but I I never really had a plan going up to the line. I just like walked up to it, looked up, like, all right, I'll serve it in, and then hopefully get a forehand and hit a winner. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Just put the serve in, hopefully hard enough so they pop a return back. Mm-hmm. And then run around, hit a forehand as hard as I could, and point's done. Okay. Short and yeah. simple. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your one tip in terms of developing de- developing um, of your tennis when you're juniors? Um, I mean, obviously, you've got to work on everything. Uh, work on your strengths. Figure out... I guess your game style. Um, I think a lot of, especially sort of with the caliber of player that's at the top of the game today, mm-hmm. um, we see a lot of players like trying a few different. Like, I haven't, I have not seen any. The amount of juniors I see hitting underarm serves these days is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> really, it, it's gotten beyond like. I don't even say anything to the kids anymore. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, especially the junior, just sort of like you watch a lot of these top guys play and you're like, wow, like that was an amazing shot. Like I wish I could be able to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And some kids just, like some people in general, they just don't have the ability to, to hit certain shots or to play certain ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of juniors especially, they get lost in that thinking that they can just pull out a game star just out of nowhere and work with it. 
just about understanding who you are as a player, what you're good at, what you're not so good at. Not saying you just don't work on the things you're not good at. Um, obviously, the time in the practice court, hitting with mates, doing whatever, you can work on these things, but trying to base your whole game around these things you see on the circuit, it's just a little unrealistic, I reckon. So, yeah, just understanding your game, like what's going to take you to the next level, hopefully on the professional circuit or wherever. Just knowing what you have to offer, that's going to get you there and working at it. I have been around junior tennis player, a junior tennis long enough. Um, I have seen many junior players do really well in juniors. And after 16, 17, they just vanished in the, in the world of tennis. Do you think that if you don't improve your style, like let's say 13, 15, 18, and you remain, you play the way you play when you're 13, but at the, I don't know, at the AMT Platinum level, you're going to get snipped no matter what? Um, not necessarily, um, unless you're just against improving altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I think tough one. I don't think you'll get snipped altogether if you don't understand how you want to play. Um, but I think it's just being able to sort of progress and transition into like a, an OJT player, um, transitioning over to open level and so forth. You've got to understand what the best players or what the people winning at that level do mm-hmm. and how well they do it. Mm-hmm. And you've got to lift the bar a little bit, like, you can't just be happy, you know, only making maybe, we'll say, 20 errors for a match. Um, if your game's based on playing very consistent, you can't just be like, oh, that's not that many errors in the grand scheme of things. You've got to be thinking, no, I've got to get that down to, to 15 or to 10 or hopefully zero errors in the match. Like, I can't be affording, I can't be offering any free points to these guys, otherwise they'll just take advantage of it or whatnot. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, in AMT Platinum, they're in uh, you know, a in a qualifying, um, and I, you often see you know a lot of junior players you know as young as fourteen or even younger. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. And what is, what is one difference between AMT Platinum qualies, say first two rounds, versus uh, AMT Platinum main draw first two rounds? So. Uh, platinum qualies and platinum main. Correct. Um, it's a pretty big difference, especially depending on the time of year. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> usually, getting around this time of year without Corona, mm-hmm. um, quite a few good players in Melbourne trying to make some extra cash. Yep. <laughs> and completely lift the standard of the tournament itself. Yep. Um, but in general. Um, I reckon all the seeded plays from quali- from main draw all the way through seeded play are qualies. Mm-hmm. Um, stand is pretty good. Uh, and then just sort of like, I don't know, talking about the sort of the younger, like 13, 14-year-old juniors sort of come in, I feel like a lot of them come into the tournament just for the experience. It's like, oh, I've got no chance of winning. I'll enter just to see how the stand is. <laughs> sort of thing. When was the first time you entered AMT Platinum? Um... How old were you? Platinum, but I remember AMT back in the... I think the first AMT I played, I was 12 in Turalgan. <laughs> I don't think they had 
like platinums or anything then. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I remember going there and I was dead set against playing. I didn't want to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older brother was playing and we were going, so mm-hmm. my dad figured, all right, I'll enter you. Yep. And I was... Um, yeah, uh, making stains in my underpants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but better, better way to describe it. I, I was so scared. I didn't want to jump on court. I was faking sick. I was doing everything I could to not get on court. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do too badly. I think my first match was only one break each set, mm-hmm. uh, and I lost. Mm-hmm. And compilation, um, I was actually match points up. Wow. Set and match points up in a second, mm-hmm. and through a non-mumba mentality moment, or a few of them, and lost the match in a breaker. Wow, wow! Yeah. Is it? Is it? Would you say that's one of your embarrassing moments? Oh, actually, no. I wouldn't say embarrassing moments, but it's one of those first early experience. You know, playing against someone who's not your age. Or wait, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely my first experience playing against uh, older people. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and. Would you say playing against, say, veterans or older people uh, helps you with the junior development, you know, between, say, 13 to 16? Uh, yeah, it does. It sort of gets you to see the game in a different way. Um, but then again, it's sort of, it's a different game style. Like, when I was 13, 14, like, sort of veterans in, like, grade 5 pennant or so, Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like backhand slices and coming to their serve and volleys, sort mm-hmm. of that that sort of game style. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of one person that was my age that hit more than like one backhand slicer set <laughs> on full defense, or serve, or even thought about the idea of serve and volley. Um, so there's two strategies com- against the two different kinds of players. It didn't really work, sort of thing. Um, but I guess like being able to beat an older person at 13, 14 is like a good, good achievement under the belt. So it gives you a bit of confidence playing against people your own age. So that's I, probably the main benefit you get from that. I, I always, uh, telling that, um, I, was, I think a few couple ago, I said, you know, if I, if I can leave a legacy on the tennis court is that promoting all the junior players or as many players as possible who are listening is to have backhand slice. Because I, I think backhand slice is the is the Justin Bieber of tennis now, literally. Because you can, it's it's one of those you can play offense, you can play defense, you can dismantle, you can change the momentum, you can do so many things. And even if you come to net, you still got that touch, especially yeah. backhand volley, to put away or even drop shot. So yeah. this is why I always ask. Well, in your in your in your experience, what is your one tip for backhand slice? Oof. Um, Good question. Um, (laughs) I don't know, really. Um, Just not to let it float too much, I reckon. Uh, If you can, work on really trying to knife it through the court as low over the net as possible. Because even if you get... um, If you get enough slice on it, keep it low enough. Even if it lands really short, it's in a really uncomfortable spot for most people to like to play. They're a little too far um, inside the court to rally and retreat back, and it's a little too low for them to like try to hit a winner off or do anything 
like drastic off. So they sort of have to just hit a slice back anyway. So that's the main tip I would I would give. Okay. Now I know, I'm not sure if I'm asking this right, but um, when you have backhand slice, do you prefer down the line or cross court? And why? Cross and court. what's the difference? Um, down the line. I don't know. I never really practiced it that much. Probably why I would only go with the cross court. Um, <laughs> but cross court, usually, from my tactics point of view, uh, keeping it cross. Um, obviously, like I said, it's sort of an awkward shot to attack, and they sort of know they can't really rally it. So for me, it would be hitting that slice and then just camping in the backhand corner, mm-hmm. just sort of baiting them to see a wide-open forehand corner of mine mm-hmm. and force them to hit there, mm-hmm. which brings a, brings a point back into my favour. Um, if they go against it and just go to my backhand again, I'm already there, so no running for me. Would you backhand slice off a return? Um, I've experimented with it through coaching. In matches, no. Okay. <laughs> Only because I'm a two-handed backhand, mm-hmm. and my old coach, Jared, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he sort of looked at me when I said, I want to try and hit backhand slice returns, and he looked at me a little bit funny and said, you're a two-hander. So. <laughs> okay, right. Right, okay. So, um, backhand slice, okay. Now, serving is something that um, – I, 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 I don't know who I said this to the other day, but do you think serving is kind of a forehand? Um, no. I or smash? More valuable than a forehand or more valuable – probably the most valuable shot in the game, to be honest. No way. This is my poll. Serving is the most valuable – wow. What a second there. Serving is the most valuable shot in the game. Mm-hmm. Are you, 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 you going to change your mind? We have yeah, absolute control unless it's an extremely windy day. Serving is the most important shot of the game. Now, that is something worth doing a poll for. <laughs> now, you said, all right, so it's controlled. It's the start of the game. Um... When was the last time you had someone who won the coin toss and decided to return or receive? Um, a while ago, actually. I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go as far back as probably under 16s. That's probably the last time I remember anyone mm-hmm. saying return. Okay. Against me, anyway. Would you would you encourage junior players to try every now and then just try to go? You know what? I won the coin toss, but I'm going to choose to return. Uh, yeah. Um, well, like I've been going on about, um, there's a few different mental things here and there. Like someone with quite a good serve, all of a sudden choosing to receive. First thing that's going to go through the opponent's mind is, huh? Like, <laughs> you've got like a 210k bomb. Why are you returning first game? <laughs> Okay, so all right, put it this way: overall, in junior tennis that you coached, or you, you, you know, in your progress that you all these years, what is one tip for junior tennis players in Australia? Um, stick to overhead serves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sort of what I touched on before, sort of understand your game, mm-hmm. understand how you play, what you can offer um, going forward, and just work on it. Um, don't get too caught up in trying to do or trying to mould your game around certain shots, certain tactics that the guys you see on TV do. Okay. You now touched on one of the big issues that everyone's on to now. Mm-hmm. Would you say social media is a love-hate relationship for coaches? Um, I think so. Um, but there's a lot of pages that, a lot, a lot of social media platforms that, you know, do post good good content um, for for coaching and developing players, and there's also the odd player or odd group of players that just posting a whole bunch of trick shots they do or whatnot and which one gets more views uh, probably obviously the trick shots mm-hmm. <laughs> and um okay all right well let, let's switch in gear a little bit switching gear a little bit uh this question lands just about every single convo possible in the last 140 convos all right yeah what is one difference in your opinion and experience what is one difference between a good coach and a great coach? That is a good question. Um, I reckon a coach that really engages with their their students Mm -hmm. just sort of goes beyond just being able to teach them forehands and backhands, serves, and really, like, takes that investment to understand, like, what's going through their mind, um, how do you feel in these moments, um, and really, like, just going in depth a little bit more, just beyond just the normal sort of coaching. Like, as a, as a student, you want to be able to work with someone that understands you, wants to work with you, wants to chat if that might be something you need. So I reckon, like, a lot of, a lot of coaches know how to teach you how to hit every shot or can teach you a few little tactics here and there. But I reckon a great coach actually cares about their students' development, like really t- makes the investment in trying to understand what's going through their head day in, day out, um, making the investment of talking about years down the track, like where do you want to be sort of thing, like how do you want to get there? I'll help you get there. So just making that little bit extra effort, a bit more of an investment in in their pupils. I reckon that's what separates the two. Where do you sit as a coach? Good or great? I mean, I would like to say great, um, <laughs> but not sure if I can answer that myself. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll maybe maybe down the track. Actually, I'll ask your players next time I see them. Like, what do you think of JT? Sounds <laughs> uh, yeah, <that'll> good. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on to uh, a lighter side, just for now, is that um, I've done some poll that uh, literally split the entire tennis community in Melbourne in half. Uh, so, are you pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. Oh my god! No. What? You don't have to say hundred percent. You can say sometimes <laughs> yes, sometimes hundred percent. It's yeah. It's not even on the line. It's out, out of bounds. Or not even on. If, you, you don't even got a challenge. No pineapple has been on my pizza. I will order a different pizza. <laughs> okay. If Roger Federer invites you for a pizza, if Roger Federer invites you for a pizza, it has pineapple on it. What do you say to Roger? Uh, you can have it. 
Gosh. All right. What were you going to say about pineapple? Uh, as a kid, we used to. There was a restaurant that uh, I wanted the Hawaiian, but obviously without the pineapple. But they called it a pineapple pizza. So I would order a pineapple pizza without pineapple. <laughs> Have you ever eat burgers without the bun? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, cool. So, how many people in your, I don't know, in your circle of friends and families is, are like you? No pineapple on pizza. Ooh. I've never actually had this conversation with a lot of my friends. Well, please Uh, have. I know a few that that don't mind it. Uh Uh, I know a few that don't hate it as much as me, but still hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say 50-50, there might be. Yeah, you know, odd group of friends that, that do like it, the weirdos. And then <laughs> there's a few that, that are with me. They're power to the non-pineapple people. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Okay, there, there's another one. There's another one. Um, <clears throat> I saw you playing doubles with Tyler a few years ago at Hume. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> in doubles, what is more important? Service game or net game? Ooh. Um, that's a tough one. They're both quite important. Uh, I'll say service game. Why is that? Um, look, a lot of a lot of doubles points are pretty quick. Wait, hold on. Are, um, you, are you are you saying Tyler has no net game? <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying it's very important to have. Especially as the net player, to have your partner have a, like a nicer, or even if it's not 100% accurate, just a quick serve. So you can just run around like a madman and there's no time for the returner to actually have a look at where you're standing and hit the other way. They just sort of got to hit wherever mm-hmm. and hope that you're not there to knock off the volley. Okay. Okay. Um, another one I find it really, really interesting, really, really interesting is that serving, I go, I went, what's more important, the lower body or upper body? And it divided the world in half again. So in your opinion, serving, lower body or upper body? Um, hmm. I'm going to say lower body. Ooh, why is that? I see a lot of serves in oh, a lot of people like coach mm-hmm. um, where there's the sort of the same mistakes, uh, same errors, and every single time I say jump a bit higher, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden like it's not fixed, but those serves are immediately better. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, obviously there's sort of that height advantage. Like if you jump up a little higher, you're hitting it from a better angle. Um, also, just the whole coordination with the legs and the rhythm and everything. I think if you focus, obviously you don't have to, you know, do Asian squat or anything before you jump up to the serve. But as long as you have a good knee bend, good leg drive up upwards into the ball, mm-hmm. make sure you're reaching up. Most of the serve will go pretty well, and if you're blessed with a fast arm, then good luck getting that serve back. Okay, right. What is your one tip for finding a doubles partner? Um, ask 
ask them if they were about to get tubed by, uh, like, they can serve return, would they run away, move backwards, or move forwards? <laughs> and what's the most, what's the best answer? Um, I would love someone that just took it on head on. Yep. And thought it's just a tennis ball. It can't do that much damage. That's my next poll, guys. Tube. So let you. What was it? Backwards. Backwards off the or off the side of the court. Yep. Or moving forward. Okay, side or forward. Okay, and that's your. If you move, if you move sideways, just don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, okay, okay. Wow. Um, interesting. <laughs> uh, speaking of tube, do you think... I'm not sure you answered that question. I can't remember. Sometimes I look at some of the answers uh, in, in the polls. Do you think tubing should we put... To, we, it's either A, it's part of the tennis, or that we should put some code or regulations for tubing someone, especially in doubles. The person who tubes someone should get either a, a warning or a point deducted. What are your thoughts? Um, I think there just needs to be a little bit of etiquette there. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, if you're playing against menaces of the net that will just volley anything and everything, then by all means, hit them. Uh That's the only way to win the point. But if you're playing against someone who's just given up, just just standing there, Mm -hmm. and you still go for them, then you are not a very good person. Okay. So there's etiquette in the whole bigger picture of it. Yeah. Okay. If you put, like the point of the game is to win points. If mm-hmm. someone's given up on the point, like rackets on the ground, they've walked off, mm-hmm. then you don't need to hit them. <laughs> but if they're being an absolute menace at the net yeah. and you can't get around them, then just go through them. Okay. Uh, is that from a personal experience? Uh, yes. <laughs> How did it end? Um, not bad. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not one to move to the side or backwards, usually just standing there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there have been ca- cases where I'm just like, oh, I just have the point, and the ball still come, like, right at my feet or right next to me, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jeez, right. Wow. You, yeah. are, you, are, you are a fighter. Jeez. Yeah. But I've got to say, i got to say, in my opinion, I'm at JT, I, I reckon – um, watching you over the years on the side, and I mean, I don't watch the whole match, but you always seems very calm. You're not, you're not a very fiery. Like you, you'll, you'll, you'll pump your fist every now and then, but you always sounds very. You always act very, very calm. So, is is that one of your thing about trying to not giving the opponent too much and and is is that sort of your game style? Because I, I just feel like you, you're not, you're not a a kind of like, hey, everyone, look at me. I want some attention, you know. And I, I don't think you ever got a cold as well. Um, I I've wrong? gotten a few, but... Uh, <laughs> really? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Some some inappropriate language. Just, okay. Well, yeah. Right. Mo- moments, of, uh, moments of weakness on the court. <laughs> okay. You know what? I never thought I'll touch on this topic. Mm-hmm. You all will be very professional as always. Now, without dropping names and without dropping too much details, you want to share some yeah. of your code stories. <laughs> My code stories. Um, I'm not sure. Even if I G-rated the language, 
I'm not sure they're still appropriate. <laughs> Family-friendly. This is a family-friendly uh, convo. So see if you can touch on some... Okay, so let's say, for example, for for for, for, um, for uh, inappropriate language, you got a code for it, right? Okay. Yeah. Ha- have you ever got a code where you go, you know what, I don't know where this come from, but I'm just going to swallow it and it is what it is. But then you see someone else doing it and you're like, okay, well, why don't... He or she get the code because I got a code. Uh, no, the codes I got, um, I've never heard anyone else say the things that I said. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's one of those codes you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to question. Uh, I wouldn't even attempt to. Like, if if a rep happened to hear what I said those times, uh-huh. I'll just like, damn, you've got good ears. <laughs> Well, you're listening out for me to say something that bad, so. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Um, just uh, before the convo, I did mention that um, Tennis of Melbourne is about appreciation. So this is your time. Take a deep breath. Uh, just make sure you, you know, you, you drop all the names if you wish, um, brands, you know, sponsors or whoever helped you along the way of tennis. So JT, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Um, all right, let's have a think. Uh, well, shout out to the two clubs I work at, um, Wellington Tennis Club and Burden Park Tennis Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the team at Wellington with uh, Jake Eames, Mark Barker, Zach Osborne, a few others. Um, uh, shout out to Latour. Mm-hmm. All right, they're coming up with some good stuff. Get on it. And... Shout out to the Ringers, North Ringwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bunch of great guys. Um, and hope everyone's staying safe and locked down and not being idiots, spreading it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, how about family and friends? Come on. Family and friends, all right. Um, shout out to family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll skip this segment because I, I, I noticed that uh, I noticed you have other uh, contents on your Instagram, which I personally a little bit jealous. Apart from mm-hmm. Dominic Team and hitting partners, I remember you had a photo with Roger Federer, I think. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, um, that's all okay. All right, that's you know I want something new because there is a photo I really want to have. Um, I kind of like him when he started. He's he's really really funny. And his name is Russell Peters. Now, for those who don't know Russell Peters, he is generally a funny guy from uh, from Canada. Um, he does a lot of stand-ups and he's doing really, really well. Um, would you say... Okay, what's the first in, uh, reaction when you saw Russell Peters? I was frozen. Um, I, I remember the day so vividly. Um, I was with, with my girlfriend. We were meant to go to the fake beaches in in Brisbane, mm-hmm. and I led us completely the wrong way, mm-hmm. and she wasn't happy with me, <laughs> and we ended up in South Brisbane, and I was like, oh, I just need to sit down, can we go on the Nike store? Mm-hmm. And about 20 seconds after I sat down, I look outside, mm-hmm. and I see this dude and his whole entourage, mm-hmm. and... As he walked closer, I was like, oh, he looks just like Russell Peters. And then I realized it was Russell Peters, and I just stood there. I couldn't speak. 
girlfriend is like, what's wrong? And I was like, that's Russell Peters. And uh, she's like, who's that? <laughs> and I was like, never mind. Just look, can you take a picture of Russell? <laughs> Jeez. So, JT, would you say you're a funny guy? Um, I'd like to think so. I try to live on, on the light side, you know, provide some comedy wherever necessary. That's that's the reason for my, my code violations, by the way. I knew people were watching. I was just hoping refs weren't there. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I had a segment before. It's called Roast by Tom. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some roast towards you. you. Okay. You can take personally or it's, it's up to you. How, how deep you want to go, it's up to you. So you can on a scale of 10 means like, wow, that it really hurts. And one means, you know what, it's just a mozzy bite, okay? I'm going to throw a few th- I'm going to give you some serves. How's that sound? Okay, sounds okay. good. All right, so um, you have no backhand. Uh, two. <laughs> two, okay. Your poor doubles partner. Um, four. Four, okay. Uh, you can't serve. Seven. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I've worked, in, I've worked in it a lot as I've become a coach. Just sort of all those baskets trying to teach other kids how to serve. I've got to try <laughs> and make my own pretty good. <laughs> you know what? There's always... The, the next one I'm about to say always gets the nine or ten. Always. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're a hook. Ah. <laughs> uh. That's nine or ten. <laughs> Okay, who are we hooking? Am I hooking myself? Am I oh, actually, you know what? Myself? You know what? I give one. You know what? I actually forgot. I, I wrote down this question, and I'm sorry for all the listeners out there, all 50 million of you. I'm going to go back. I remember, I, I wrote this question. I can't believe I didn't ask. You know when the first time you play against people who like twice your age, like right? you're playing all the older people, right? 20, 25, yeah. whatever, when you were like 14. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's easier to get hooked on because... Your junior? Oh, yeah, 100%. And how did you, do you just walk up to the net and sort of gave him a look and go, hey, you know what, just because I'm, you know, five foot two and 14 and doesn't mean you can't do this to me? Um, no, I sort of just didn't care. I just went on next point. Mm. I just told myself, just don't aim near the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any, any, any conflicts or com- confronting moments? Um, I mostly had them with other juniors because I never had the, uh, the guts to arc up to <laughs> an older person. Uh-huh. Um, but no, they were never really that bad. It might have been a call here or there, but mm-hmm. I, I had a really bad reputation of not calling a lot of shots that were out. Mm-hmm. So anytime I did call a shot out and they, Accused me of hooking, it just water off a duck's back. I, uh, it was like a few inches out, like if that. So. Wow. What is your? Okay, do you think hooking culture is going to happen in junior tennis, no matter what? Oh yeah, it's going to happen in all tennis. I mean, not a lot of people do it on purpose as well. Like some people just saw the ball out, called it. You know, we're all taught to. You know, just call it. If you see it out, just call it out. So, mm. I don't think a lot of people are taught, you know, just call it out. 
just because. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think anyone. If if coaches are telling kids to do that, then they're horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone's told. Oh, just call the ball out, even if it's in. You know, you're better off winning the point than losing it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of people, you know, desperate moments might. Oh no, I was just out. Might might rub out the ball mark, or in a hard court, might just say, "Oh yeah, I was easily this much," or something like that. Or some people might just have honestly seen it out, just weren't. Like, they might have been on the other sideline to someone's down the line winner, mm-hmm. and the person that hit it had a perfect view of where the ball landed when the other person was on the other side of the court, and they just sort of had to go with what they saw. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I never look. I, I never seen you seen you coach, but I have a good feeling that you 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 are going to be a great coach. I mean, you you oh. you sort of start just coaching recent years, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've taken it pretty seriously the last maybe four years or so. I uh, mm-hmm. coached for about six or seven. Yeah. Wasn't too serious the first few years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, I mean, I spoke to um, spoke to Adam Lasky a few weeks ago, and we both agreed that. Uh, if you if you're a good player, doesn't mean you're a good coach because coaching is such a whole new different ballpark. Yeah. Now, what are some of the transitions that you made from a player to coach? I mean, you still play, but what are some of the mindsets and approach when you're coaching? Um, just understanding that just because you can do something doesn't mean someone else can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. So there are a lot of kids sort of. Like, I'm very big on the forehand. Um, it's my favorite shot to teach, my favorite shot to fix. But sometimes people just can't, like, can't get it. Mm-hmm. And just sort of understanding, like, all right, they can't uh, work with the forehand, but their backhand's quite good. So just sort of understanding just because you play a certain way, you do certain things a certain way, doesn't mean you've got to enforce it on everyone you coach. Um, you just got to... Obviously, work with what you got. Mm-hmm. Understand that it's big, the game's bigger than just you. Like, there's other players that you could probably draw inspiration off when you're coaching someone else. Um, doesn't just have to be yourself. All right. Well, in this case, two tips for forehand. Mm-hmm. What's your two tips? Um, <laughs> are, we, are we going for someone who... Like a toddler who's learning how to. Okay, all right. Um, between someone that's like a junior player that between fourteen and eighteen, between fourteen and eighteen, both girls and boys. Okay, and people that can hit them but just want to get them better. Correct and consistent. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So we'll take away consistent for the first tip. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you must close your eyes and just have a big swing. Get used to uh, get used to trying to hit with with some sting on it. Um, very big. I'm very big on having having a weapon as the forehand, like making sure you use it as best you can. Mm-hmm. So just aim aim for some power. Don't don't worry too much. I mean, if you're hitting the back fence, then yes, worry about it. But if you're only like just missing the lines or hitting the top of the net, that's no no issue at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the second tip is learn how to hit it in. That's your tip? Yeah. <laughs> so even if it hits a frame, you know, floats and then lands it in, that's fine? Uh, yeah. If you have, uh, if your technique was fine, 
So well, we're going off the assumption that they got decent technique. Correct. Um, already, yeah. So if the technique was good and you had a good good spot to aim, mm-hmm. you just, you know, bad bounce or whatever, you uh, mis-executed on it, but it still landed in. It's all good. Points still going. Just get on with it. Mm. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to invite you at some point in the future for, for JT 2.0 because, uh, to be honest, I don't think... I look looking back, you know, time to time, you know, is is flying. But I don't think we never had a really long and deep convo for such a long time. And I feel like, without a surprise, don't get me wrong, without a surprise, I really think you're you're very like we vibe really well. So I think you know I, I want to do a a two point zero with you some of the time. We can talk about you know junior tennis more, or even coaching, or even even um, how you can. That even men- mental toughness, you know how yep. how you know because I feel like you you've grasped just about all the areas that or the major areas that around you know as a player because I remember when you were playing you know you 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 you're quite decent and and don't get me started when you I remember when I remember you told me that you went to Europe a few times um, with with a with a squad and you have all these funny stories you know but I'm just gonna leave it till next time how's that sound <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds good. <laughs> All right, JT, thank you for listening, and thank you, everyone, for listening on Spotify and CastBox. Uh, thanks for sharing, um, and then go, don't, uh, make sure you follow um, JT on his uh, Instagram when it's, when it's out. Uh, and if you've got any questions about coaching, make sure you DM him and ask him all the questions that you want, if you're a parent or a player, and he's going to answer uh, every single one of them. <laughs> all righty, um, JT, you want to say goodbye to our 50 million friends? Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, have a good one, and thanks, Tom. All right, no problem, JT. Take care, man. <laughs> yeah, <you too. laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.